0: Let's go. This is another episode of For What It's Worth with Wes Hoffman, and I am Wes Hoffman, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Hey, uh, I just wanted to let everybody know if you do like this podcast, if you've been listening and following along, um, it would be a huge favor to me and the people who have been guests um, on the podcast if you'd be willing to give us a rating on either apple podcasts or spotify Uh, that'll just help us you know get a little bit more visibility and continue to grow and uh keep going with this thing so uh yeah definitely do that if you want to if you don't that's totally fine too so uh but thank you if you do (laughs) so this episode is with um tony from a band called versus the world and this is really cool because uh, i had found out about their new album that had come out on spam radio or spam records (laughs) s spam i call it s bam i don't know if it's spam or not but um i have been listening to it for the last couple of months and i really really like this record a lot um so i have been listening to it and then brent from Taken Days said that he knew these guys and he kind of put in a good word for me and now uh, we're having one of the guys on our podcast so this is really cool I it was great to talk to Tony hear a little bit about the history of their band but also the process of writing this record which if you are a pop punk fan I would definitely recommend checking this out um I know that this band has been around for a little while but I'm just now hearing about them so This is a really cool album, and it's just has it has all the elements from pop punk and punk rock that you would like. It has awesome guitar solos, and you know it has the fast punk beats and cool melodies and stuff. But the way that the songs are kind of structured and the way that the singer sings is just different than any pop punk band that I've heard before. So um, I hope you guys dig it. Uh, It's versus the world, and the the album is called the bastards live forever and the record label is SBAM records s b a m and they're based out of austria so tony talks a little bit about that and and they were are how they uh connected with SBAM and uh a whole lot more too so thank you again for tuning in i hope you guys enjoy this episode with tony carafa from versus the world wherever you are you doing fine i traveled Of this earth. For what it's worth I love recording now, so I'm here with Tony. How do you pronounce your last name? Carafa. Carafa, okay, that's what I thought, but I didn't want to like fuck it up too bad at the beginning. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> from Versus the World. How you doing, man?
1: I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Thanks for doing this. I'm I'm stoked to have you guys. Um <clears throat> If you haven't noticed, um, I've been singing your new albums praises. Uh, Love that. Yeah, dude. I mean, seriously, I—I I mean, I—I I had heard of Versus the World. I think way back in the day, like um, your first album was like 2005, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because so, I remember hearing the name, and um, you know, I—I I, I just don't ever think I got around to like listening to you guys or. Um, you know, I just, I don't really remember like hearing something that really like struck a chord with me. Um, but this album, um, I, I can't even remember somebody posted about it and I heard a clip and I was like, man, this is so awesome. And I went down this rabbit hole and now like your album is literally like my favorite, one of my favorite albums that's been put out this year. So, um, I'm loving it, dude.
1: Awesome. That's super
0: cool, man. Thank you. Thank you for your riffs. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, uh, tell me, uh, yeah, and and you guys, uh, Chris Flippin from Lagwagons in your band too, and I I didn't know that either.
1: Yeah, you know, so this album that we just made, um, we had, you know, Chris Flippin has been in the band, he's been in the band longer than I have. I joined the band in 2012. Okay. Uh, and I actually joined uh, initially as uh, a fill in for Chris because the, the, the band had got back together and put out a new album, which was uh, Drink, Sing, Live, Love, in 2012. And they were starting to start to get up and do some touring again. Uh, but, you know, Chris was busy with Lagwagon. So um, <clears throat> uh, they reached out to me and were and, and, uh, looking for someone just to fill in uh, when Chris was busy with Lagwagon. But then I, uh, I just kind of weaseled my way in there and stuck <laughs> around. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I really hit it off with Donald in the, in the beginning, and then him and I have, have become very close. But yeah, on, on this new album, we have Chris uh, on, the, on guitar. He's been on the last three albums. Nice. Uh, and then we have uh, Sean Sellers. Uh, I, I, you know, I'd say Sean Sellers from Good Riddance, but he's Sean Sellers from Good Riddance, fully the Mad Caddies, and I, I can't even name how many bands he's in these days. But Sean, Sean played drums on this album, uh, awesome. so we're happy to have him. He's just a, an awesome dude, an awesome drummer.
0: Yeah, dude. Um, so
1: yeah. that's
0: super cool. And so you're you're originally from St. Louis. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So how did you end up? You're in California now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I live in LA. Um, you know, I moved uh, to LA in like 2006. I was 24. Okay. Um, and I, I I came out here just to uh, not for music. I came out for work and and just life and whatnot, but. Um, the scene in California is—it's uh, it's just it's, there's just so much going on. Um, in a way that I just—I just, I just started—I just found an avenue. You know, people just were like, "Oh, I heard you play the guitar. You—you you, you know, check out my band. You want to play?" So uh, I joined a band um, called Murderland, okay, which I'm which I'm still in. It's pop punk, horror punk, pop punk band. Uh, joined that band in uh, um, like 2009. Um, uh, and uh, and then that's how I got connected with Versus, because uh, we were just playing shows in Santa Barbara, and I met all the Santa Barbara folks, a uh, ton, of, ton of punk rockers up there, and just kind of fell in the fold and just started playing, and next thing I know, I was out touring with these guys and
0: doing yeah. cool shit, so <laughs> I was really lucky. And no, that. dude, that's awesome, that's awesome, and, and being from St. Louis myself, um, I've visited L.A. A, a ton of times, and um, I've always kind of had a little bit of... Uh, you know, California to me when I was younger was always like this magical world, um, you know, that that's so far away. And it, but it did it always had that reputation of a lot of things are happening. A, there's a lot going on, um, you know, like I think me and my band, me and uh, the guys in my band, when I was way younger, we were like, dude, if we could just get out of Calif- out, out to California, we'd make it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I, I do feel, um, you know, living in St. Louis and then going out. Uh, when I go out West, even, uh, like to Denver, you know, to call, like Colorado, like and Portland and Seattle, whenever I've visited out there, I definitely feel like the, the pace of life is a little bit different. It's a little bit more laid back out there. It's a little bit more chill, but it also feels like there's a lot of like more possibilities of things happening out there. I don't know why it's just like a general vibe that I get when I'm out there.
1: Yeah. I mean that's kind of funny that you have that that perspective um, but maybe that's because you you come from more of a pop punk background or or whatnot because uh, you know growing up in st. Louis I was playing metal bands I was I was playing metal and uh, and like hardcore bands late 90s early 2000s and like I had no interest in California like, <laughs> it, it like to me I was like I don't know man la it's it's kind of a cesspool, fuck that and you and you get this kind of like rough and tumble attitude growing up in a place like St. Louis yeah. um, kind of like an east coast city where it's like fuck that shit like I'm true to my true to my roots and whatnot. Um, so I, I had no interest in it really and then I just had kind of a job opportunity and I moved out and after uh after a little while being in LA, I was like, you know, this is pretty fucking rad because the sun's shining all the time. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes. Like I just, I couldn't, I got to a point, uh, right after I graduated college where I was like, I cannot do another St. Louis winter. I just can't do it. Like uh, something's got to change.
0: Dude, that, um, yeah, that's, and, and now man, even, even the heat in the summer, like, um, it was been maybe a few weeks ago now, but dude, it was like, uh, it was, like, over 100 degrees, but it felt like it was, like, 110 or 115 yeah. outside. Like, it feels so heavy, and it just, like, zaps the energy out of you. Like, just walking from, sure. fr- from your car to your front door or, like, coming home from work, it's just, like, I, can, I need to go take a, I literally would break, break a sweat <laughs> yeah. just from, like, walking up the steps from the, the street to my... Yeah, uh, for sure. It's, like... Uh, it's like just the two extremes, and and I, I every time I've been out to LA, it doesn't really matter what time of year, it's always like, I mean, I know it gets hot, but it's always like, yeah, pretty even keel. So, um, so tell me a little bit about like, you know, this. I'm I'm really interested in this new album, um, The Bastards Live Forever, because I've just been listening to it nonstop. Like, uh, and I of course you know I had uh, Brent Waterworth from. Um, yep. Taken Days, that, and I actually dropped your name on that podcast and he was like, oh, I'm friends with those guys. And, and so here we are talking now. And, um, yeah. But um, tell me a little bit about like, you guys have, I mean, I would definitely classify you guys as a pop punk band, but, but not the stereotypical pop punk band. Yeah. Like you guys have, I mean, you've got some of the things like, you know, the fast punk beats but like your singer Donald has a, a definitely like a different delivery. He's got like a lot of, uh, vibrato and, and, and you're, you know, you guys have a little bit more of the technical elements. Like there's definitely some shredding and, and some really cool riffs, but like some really beautiful sounding stuff on like, um, you know, and, and you guys play in 6-8 sometimes, too. So yeah. <laughs> uh, you mix Amazing. it up. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> tell me, I'm just kind of interested in l- knowing a little bit about, like, what the writing process was with this album and, and just yeah. kind of everything from, from front to back. I want, yeah. I want to know everything about this album, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let me start at
1: the beginning. Well, no, so that's interesting because, um, you know, we, we do get classified as a pop punk band. We usually get thrown in that bucket or skate punk uh, because I, I think it's got a lot to do with where we come from uh, in Santa Barbara and in California, but also, you know, the, the founding members of the band, uh, Donald and Mike Davenport founded the band. Uh, and Mike Davenport was the bass player in the Guitars. And he's actually um, doing some work with them again. Yes, so, okay, I knew you that, know, yeah. we, we kinda get We kind of got put in that pop-punk uh, pop bucket, um, and we still are considered that. We get lumped in with a lot of fat rec bands. Um, but you know, Donald's influences are, are, are so varied. Uh, mine as well, but Donald being really the core uh, member of the band, his influences are really varied. And, and that's what he'll say to you. He, he, he doesn't really listen to a whole lot of pop-punk, and he'd, he'd say his influences are... Uh, a lot of classic, um, you know, a classic uh, soul and rock and roll and stuff that he he uh, he got from his mom. Um, so he would love to talk about that. So just kind of more crooner style stuff that he grew up on, which kind of you could hear in his voice, yeah, in uh, the way and the way he thinks about melody and delivers um, is more of like old timey crooner, and 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 that's um, you know so, so some of his favorite bands are like. Uh, the Smoking Popes, and, okay. like the whole the hold steady and stuff like that. So our, our our pop punk influences are there, but they're not so heavy. Um, and then I come from, as I mentioned, I come from like a metal background. I played in metal bands in St. Louis, and um, I didn't get into pop punk until I moved to California. Uh, I actually hated pop punk until I moved to LA, and then was like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, started listening to some of that with with more melodic melodic stuff going on. So that really opened opened my myself up to uh, major keys, <laughs> let's just put it that way. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, you can uh, write, write songs in a major key and, and have it still still be cool. So um, you know, so when we, when we came to wrote this, write this record, uh, I, I, Donald and I wrote Homesick Road Sick in 2014. And when we went to make that record, it was let's make a pop punk record, like straight pop punk, simple, catchy, energetic. And that was our intention. Uh, when we got to this new album, like, it was a complete blank slate because we hadn't we hadn't been doing anything in a while. Uh, we were on kind of a hiatus. Um, Donald had kids. I had kids. Uh, so we hadn't been doing much. We, we wrote a little bit in 2017 but scrapped it. Uh, but then it was the beginning of COVID, man. It was, like, April of 2020. We're all s- stuck in quarantine, and Donald's like, well, maybe we should write some songs. We got this time. What should we do? So uh, we, we brought in uh, Pat Solon uh also from Murderland and one of my best friends we brought in to help to, to play bass and, and help us write some stuff and the three of us started working but it was a uh, actually really kind of a cool process in that uh um you know we were i live in la donald lives in santa barbara we're nowhere near each other and it was like peak peak covid so we weren't getting in rooms like we used to do right like yeah. usually you, you know all of my experience writing music you get in a room you just start jamming stuff and, like, nobody can hear what anybody's doing. Like, you kind of have a sense of what a song is, but you're not sure. And then, I don't know if this happened to you, you go in the studio, you start recording parts, and you're like, well, this doesn't work. Right. Uh, why did I write this guitar part? It doesn't even make sense. But I couldn't hear it in the room because it was just a bunch of noise. So, uh, for this process, we we just, I honestly just used GarageBand. And I was like, oh, let me, uh, let me try to see if I can figure out GarageBand. Um, started using that to track demos, and I was able to, learn how to, to, to track out my own drum parts, um, so I'd put drums, guitar, and bass together, and then send it over to Donald, and he'd put some vocals on it, send it back, and I would rewrite my guitar parts and rearrange it, send it back and forth to him, and, and we kind of had this total like, like you know, postal service process, where yeah. it was just send, send tracks back and forth, we did that for a while, and then we started to get together to do a little bit more intense production on it, um, but conceptually, we we had nothing. It was like, for me, you know, all of a sudden you've got all the time in the world because you're in quarantine and and you don't have much to do. So it was like, I'm just going to write music every day. And I've got no intention of writing anything in particular. Just just write what I think sounds cool. And I was like, I'm just going to throw a bunch of shit at the wall and send it out to the guys and see if they like it. Um, And if they think it fits versus the world. And it, and it turns out they did, and we just, between working on things back and forth, like the songs really start to take shape once Donald puts himself on it. Like it, it totally takes a different shape, and, and we really just put so much time into writing and rewriting and rewriting that we had just fully fleshed out demos before we even engaged uh, our producer to make the album. So it, it was really nice. It, 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 uh, it was a completely different experience than I've ever had before writing
0: yeah i i love that man um i i w- was totally the same way i totally know what you mean when you kind of like you get into a room and and everybody somebody has an idea for a riff and you know you're looking at the drummer and you're kind of like i'm thinking like a bu-cat, 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 you know you're kind of like <laughs>
1: you mouth it out to him like just do it like out. this <laughs> yeah and, and drummers love that don't
0: they <laughs> <laughs> yes yes oh um, i i can speak drummer um, <laughs> um yeah. but but yeah i mean uh, I, I started doing the same thing recently, like because my band is 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 um, yeah I've I've done all the writing and the recording so far up until this point and and um, that I started I I had the same thought that you did I was like well I know I have GarageBand on my computer like you know I, how hard can that be to figure it out and it's really not yeah. that that hard um, but that that has really opened up a world of. Uh, of things for me you know I'm able to do like rhythm and lead and add some cool bass yeah. parts into it and then and then even practicing helps because you can send the whole demo to the guys and say hey here's the song you know uh, what parts you want to add to it or or you know here's how you like you can at least listen to it so you have like a structure down before just going in and, and spending hours trying to like teach everybody the song you know what I mean so for sure um, no, that's super cool. And I'm sure that that makes it a lot, makes things go a lot smoother in the studio, then too, right?
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. Like, I, I, I kind of used this as an opportunity to, to, to correct some of my, my faults in the previous record. Because, uh, like, I don't know if you've had this experience, but like like I said, like, you write these guitar parts and then you get in and you record it and they just get buried or they yeah. get cut, you know, because they don't they clash and they don't fit. And I was like, I, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> and so. We were able to take this approach like okay when you're putting a song together think about how it's constructive and, and think about what where the where the listeners supposed to pay attention it you know because the listener can only really pay attention to one thing at a time and this is kind of like nerdy songwriting speak but um so you think about it that way and it's like okay well i'm gonna put my guitar parts only where there's where there's nothing there like i'm not gonna try to do like when donald's singing i i'm not doing anything but the chords uh but there's a gap in, at this part here and that's where i can put a melody or i can put something and we tried to make sure that nothing conflicted and that there was always just a flow of where the listener's attention is um so it doesn't get you don't get distracted or you don't have parts that just get cut like like what's the point of this should it be there like yes this is where we're focusing so it helped me like avoid that situation where I had to bury or cut my guitar parts because I chose exactly where you, where I could put them.
0: Dude, I love that about your album too is, um, I'm even thinking on like, uh, um, on the song Road Sick, um, you know, where, where there is a part where you do this, that, like there's no lyrics or no singing but it's just guitar is harmonizing this like you know and and I I thought that was so cool because it's just like it's a little break between like the verse and the pre chorus and and I had never um I mean I'm sure I've heard songs that have done that before, but I like now that you're saying it, I'm like, oh that's really cool. Like that actually makes that guitar melody stand out so much more than if you know if if there were vocals on top of it yeah. or, or if something else was happening. Um, and I, and I know there's another song, um, it's, uh, it's, it's in the song called the the lights of Rome, I think, where there's another part like that, that really stood out to me the other day when I was listening to it while driving. And I was like, Oh, that is like just such a, it, it made the part sound so much more beautiful and like, um, highlighted than, than it, than it normally would so um i'm definitely taking note i might copy that idea <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, but it, it, yeah please do i mean because it makes <laughs> sense when you think about it it's like okay sometimes you don't realize that as a musician as a songwriter it's hard to divorce yourself from from like the inner workings of it all and how it's put together and just sit back and listen objectively as a listener that's really hard to do and I've had experiences with multiple producers where you bring stuff in and they're, they're listening to it objectively and they're like, this doesn't make sense, or this loses my attention, or that, you know, this part is where I'm lost. What are you doing? And it's like, oh, interesting. Like, I just, I, I know exactly what I have intended, but you, you just, it's hard to listen objectively. So you just kind of take yourself a step back and think about how the listener is going to experience something and make sure that. It, it, you're engaged all the way through, and, not, and you don't get lost or confused, or uh, and and working that way, it it it, it 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 works out. You know, Donald would change or move vocal parts, or I would change and move guitar parts because we always just wanted to have one thing in the forefront, but always have something, but don't have too many things. You know? Right, right, no,
0: absolutely, absolutely. So there there are a couple pretty awesome guitar solos on this album too. Is that is that you?
1: No, I mean that's that's Chris Flippin', man. Like, like if you if, if you if you have a tool, you use it, right? Like, um, and 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 you know, I'll I'll do his solos on tours when he's not available. Um, I actually had to do that, and we could talk about this separately about what happened to him on tour recently. I had to take over his role, um, but you know, uh, he is just a shredder. It, like, it, he plays guitar differently than. Anybody I know, uh, just the way he approaches it and just the sheer size of his hands, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, So I've learned so much about playing the guitar from just trying to sound like him over the last 10 years. That's so awesome. So he, he's our tool. Bring him in the studio. He, he actually was uh, more involved in the songwriting process this time than the last time, which was great to have him. And uh, he was in the studio. It's like, all right, guitar solo, you know, for it man and he would just write it and shred it in the studio we'd all kind of sit around and and cheer him on and he would just do these shredding solos which is it's just awesome man he's he's, he's a pleasure to have in the band we're, we're thankful to have him
0: oh dude absolutely and and you know i i have been keeping up a little bit uh on what's going on with him and you know i just want to send good vibes his way and your way and and yeah, lag lag so. camp way as well. Um
1: Yeah, he's doing he's doing pretty good now. They he's getting ready to they've got an Australian tour so he's he's cleared to go.
0: So good, that's good for him. Good. Yeah, that's good to know. Um no man, I I when I heard the first song, I there's like just a face melting guitar solo in that and I was like yeah. this is insane. I was like yeah. and and as a guitar player I'm like, you know, I, I can't really shred. I'm I'm always trying to learn a little bit more. Um, you know, I like shreddy sounding riffs, but whatever he's doing in some of these solos, I don't even yeah. know. I I would have to really watch him. He would uh, somebody like that. I've I've talked about this on the podcast before. Like, um, you know, with guy people like you know your band and and um, a Wilhelm Scream and Belvedere and strung out and like the guys who really do like the technical stuff, I would have to sit down and have someone, if someone showed me how to do it, I could do it I, and I could practice it enough to get it like good enough, but um, to sound like the thing, but I can't, I definitely cannot create something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and look, that, that's like his ability you know, I, I recorded some solos on the demos, but I'm very much more methodical um, in the way that I write. And it's like, okay, what do I want to achieve in this solo here? It's gonna, I'm gonna do this part here that I'm gonna kind of shred right here. And, you know, it's a little bit more sterile um, in the way that I do that. It's just like the same thing. Like I can play his solos, but I could not just sit there and whip one of those up like he does. Uh, it's just yeah. so organ, it's so organic. It's so much more rock and roll that it's like, man, that's fucking cool. Jealous
0: yeah, <laughs> it's very cool. It's very cool. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, um, I, I was just, you know, on my last uh, episode with Brent, uh, we were talking a little bit about s records, and um, I did a little bit of history with you guys. I saw back in the day you guys were on Kung Fu, um, yeah. and now, you know, s has really been putting out some awesome records, and, um, you know, I... Just myself I I, over the last couple years uh, have started working with like some smaller labels, um, you know here locally, we have one in Canada, but uh, we recently uh, we're releasing a record with jumpstart records coming up here in. well, I'm hoping it'll be out by the end of the year. If not, it's going to be probably going to be early next year. But so um, <laughs> I'm just kind of interested in knowing, like, what's your experience, you know, with them? They seem like awesome guys and yeah. seems like an awesome label. And I'd love to kind of hear about how that all came about.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Stefan is great. Like the, the record label, they, they've really kind of just it's like they've come in and filled a void or filled a gap. Um especially in Europe and and they're really expanding uh, into the United States right now um, but what really what we really liked about them is you know they reached out to us even before we recorded anything they reached out and said we want to put out this album uh, here's an offer and you know we were like well let's 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 talk about it let's get through the recording process first but they 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 you know Stefan loves the band all, all the folks in the label love the band they're just fans they're like we just want to put out this record and, and for, for us That was kind of a unique experience i mean we've worked with kung fu records and and but we haven't had like a lot of you know label attention um because of just you know we're not like a super active band but to have someone come out and say like we love your band we want to put out this record was just it really breathed a lot of life into us it made us fired up that like okay what we're doing is is worth it it's cool um and and they're a great group of people they're 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 very supportive they've helped us out, Um, again, just being huge fans of the music, and uh, they're just kind of figured out as they go, you know, I had a long conversation with Stefan when we were in Vienna, he's like, look man, like, I started off just making artwork, he's an artist, he's like, I started doing art, and and posters, and uh, tour posters, and flyers, and stuff, and then the label came next, and then the festivals came next, and we're just, it's all DIY, man, it's very punk rock, and it's like, We're just gonna figure it out uh because we want to support these bands and and we think there's an avenue there to do something so they're they're a a, you know a label on the rise you know you look at like fat records yeah they still do they still do a lot but they're not they're not signing new bands you know what i mean they're they're kind of they're kind of uh good where they're at you know and it's not you know fat mike is is winding down a lot of his things so it's like Okay, what is the state of punk rock, and and where is that? And I think Spam is kind of starting to get a reputation as being okay. You know, like maybe it's these guys because they just announced they're putting they're doing the U uh, European distribution for the new Bowling for Soup record. Yeah, um, they're doing the next Matt Caddies record, and I I think there's more in the works from these guys. So for us, that's that's amazing because you know it's just adds more and more legitimacy to. To the collective that we're a part of, so uh, you know we're we're thankful to be
0: a part of their family. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. What, was it the type of situation to, like were you were you guys trying to were you reaching out to labels and saying hey, here's our demos and stuff or like? Was...
1: Well, yeah, we went in and actually just made the whole album um, because okay. <laughs> in our in our experience, you know, it's like we we had it. We had a you know. Situation with Cameron Webb and, and we're like, let's just go in and make this album and then we'll shop it because um, it's a little easier than, okay, here's the demos, we need you to give us 20 grand to go make the record. It's like, here's a here's a record, it's in the can, do you want to put it out or not? Um, and, and, and we shipped it off to some contacts we had at different labels just to see if there was any interest and um, we just decided that, that Spam like was the label that was going to really put in the like that—that that wanted that wanted growth. That that was fired up about it. Like, we didn't want someone that was just like, "Yeah, we can put it out for you." Like, we wanted someone that's like, "Yeah, let's let's create a partnership." So, yeah, um, they they were the right fit for us. We decided like we just we wanted to go with them because they're because they're growing, you know.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. No, I think that's really cool, and, and that's exactly was, was what my thought thought process was as well. As I I completed the whole album and got it mixed and mastered, and then started reaching out to a few labels, and I thought, well, if this way, if nobody wants to put it out, <laughs> uh, I, like, I have the record and I'll put it out yep. myself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yep. uh, I have it, it's done, you know, and if, if if I don't get anybody to bite on it, then then that's cool. But um, I, I will definitely say like it, you know, as just some dude from St. Louis that, you know, is 40 years old and, and still playing pop punk, it was really cool to have somebody to be like, you know, <laughs> hey, I want to put this out. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, listen, I'm some dude from St. Louis, and I'm 41 years old, so we have a lot, of, <laughs> have a lot in common. You know what I mean?
0: For sure, for sure. Do you, do you miss St. Louis? Do you ever come back here? Or do you have family? I come back still?
1: all the time. Yeah, my whole family's there, so I'm I'm back a couple times a year. So, do you,
0: do you miss right, St. Louis style awesome. pizza? St. Louis pizza? Yeah, do you miss St. Louis? Was style. that the question? Yeah, do you miss St. Louis style yes, pizza? Yes, absolutely.
1: <laughs> absolutely, I do. That is what. That is usually my priority uh, when I go visit my family. It's like, I just gotta get some St. Louis style pizza.
0: Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, the,
1: possibly the thing I miss the most. I've tried to make it myself, and it's, it's tricky.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, I can only imagine. I, like, yeah, my, my girlfriend is from St. Peter's, Missouri, which is just like, you know, yeah. a little bit of, like across the river. And uh, she. She hates Emo's Pizza. And I'm like, you grew up here. Like, what how do you not like this pizza? And I I grew up like an hour away in um like in Illinois. You know, and I I mean I've lived in St. Louis for like almost 20 years now. So like, you know, I've lived in the area for a while, but I've always loved Emo's Pizza. And actually just got a couple days ago, I ordered like um St. Louis Pizza and Wings, which is like kind of the second rate. Um, <laughs> St. Louis style pizza, uh, but yeah. it's still good, and and I like it because you can eat like, you know, you don't just eat like two or three slices and then you're full. It's like you can eat like seven slices of a tiny little oh, square, yeah. seven squares. You know what I mean? Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do some real damage on those.
0: <laughs> but it's it's always funny because people who aren't who like aren't from St. Louis when you say when you like, they try it. I feel like they usually hate it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I haven't had a high success rate. I'll, I'll put it
0: that way. <laughs> right, right, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> so, um like what what do you feel like is in you know now this album's out and I know you guys just recently got back from a tour in Europe, like what do you um what do you feel like is is next for you guys? Are you going to be doing more touring or um yeah, what's, what's yeah, up yeah, we're
1: gonna try to we're gonna get out and do some more. Uh, we're gonna be back in Europe next year for sure. Um, and we're I'm working on a, a Japan
0: oh, for wow. next year.
1: Um, we, we've been to Japan a couple of times, and it's just the fucking best. Um, so I'm, I'm working on getting that in place too. And and we want to do some some shows uh, West Coast. Um, I'd love to get out to the Midwest at some point. That's a little trickier. Just yeah, because I, I haven't played shows in that area in a long time, but. You know it's it's just a balance right like we're we're in our 40s and and 50s in in chris's case and uh i own a business and i have a family and donald owns a business and has a family and pat owns a business and has a family so you know you get to you get to your get to the point of being these you know punk rock dads like these these real adults and it's like uh you gotta just gotta find that balance you know and 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 make it all work so um you know that's the tricky part but you do it because you love to do it and we get out there and we, we love playing. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. We'll get stuff cooking.
0: I definitely feel like it's, you know, it's a little different for me. When I was younger, um, you know, I did, a, we would do out of town shows and we did like a seven, it was either like seven to 10 days on the road one time. And, um, you know, when I was like 19, that was like the coolest thing in the world. And I didn't mind yeah. like having no money and like, you know, the like, a cheeseburger at Wendy's was a dollar. So it's like, you know, it was no big, like we, we, I think we ate at Wendy's like every day on that tour. Um, yep. but, but now it's like, it, it is different. It's like, you know, you only have so much paid time off and I, I owned a business for five years and even taking time off from that was like, you know, you take time off, but you got to keep the thing running, you, gotta <laughs> like, keep going. you yeah, know, yeah. so you can't take too much time off. And, you know, I even, um, when I would go on vacations and stuff like that, I would always end up being on the phone for like an hour or two. And, um, uh, but you know, you only have so much time off from your job, but we're, you know, we're really trying to do things. Um, we, we've done quite a bit this year. I feel like we, we, um, made it up to Canada for a couple of shows and we, um, we've done, we've been all over the Midwest. A lot of the places around here, like Kansas city and, um, Chicago and Nashville, um, Memphis, Indianapolis, like kind of anywhere that's within like a five-hour drive from five St. Hours, Louis. Yeah. yeah, we have been there and we're going, like a lot of those places, we're going there twice. And um, yeah. a lot of the stuff that I, that, you know, now the first time around, it's kind of like, you know, it's hit or miss. It's like, you might get on a good show and there's a bunch of people there. And then like now it's this the second or third time we've hit some of those places in like Kansas City and Chicago. Like we actually have people that like, come out and see us now <laughs> yeah it's it's really cool like i've never really had where i have you know where we have a little bit of a following you know, other than st louis where we're from which yeah. is really cool to see it grow
1: for sure i mean you got to go out and you got to work the markets i was having a conversation with uh mikey spiro from authority zero when we did some shows with them in europe and he's like look man we would just kind of look at a map and be like what do we want to we want to work on and they target a few markets and you'd go to them Kind of over and over again, and build that up. And now you've got you've got ticket sales and 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 data that you can point to uh, for those other things. And it's like, yeah, that that's great. I mean, if I were twenty years younger, I'd be doing that. You know, it's like it's it gets a little trickier. But yeah, you, you, you know, getting out to those places and, and, and kind of playing them over and over again. That's 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 how you get people to kind of notice you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. For sure. For sure. Um, so I do have I, I do have a question from Instagram here uh, that someone asked. Uh, it, it was Brent Waterworth, actually. And um, <laughs> he said, what was your favorite part about working with Cameron Webb? Oh,
1: yeah. I knew he'd ask a question like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like talking about Cameron. Um, he, he's awesome. He's an absolute professional. Um, it, it was a great experience working w- with him. But uh um, I don't know what my I don't know I say my favorite part was working with them I can just kind of talk about what it was like yeah. um, it, like it's the thing you know when you engage a producer you know the intention is like you're bringing in like I said that impartial third party um, that it's gonna kind of objectively tell you what's good and what sucks right and and Cameron is is very good at telling you about what's good and what sucks <laughs> um, he'll let you know so it's, it's it's a it's it, it's it's a real struggle it's challenging because like I said you, we have these songs that we spent about nine months working on before we went in the studio with him and uh, actually closer to a year before we got in the studio with him and um you we've th- these are our babies right you know you, you're so attached to them and, and that's kind of the problem um is that you're too attached um and he didn't really want to do a lot of pre-production. He's like, let's just wait till we get in a room together, which is what I, this this is actually the part I thought was the coolest about how we work. Um, So when we went in for pre-production he's like, set up your shit, play your songs, we're just going to listen to them live. And instead of picking apart the demos, it's like, what does it feel like when you play them? Uh. What does it sound like to me? And then right there in the moment like, I don't like this part, this is boring, let's rewrite it on the spot. So we just spent two days in the studio kind of kicking apart, rewriting, not not major stuff. In some cases it was major, in some cases it was minor, but we just got in a room and jammed. Like the thing that I said in the beginning that we didn't have to do, it's like before we were allowed to record, it's like, no, you gotta do it. Like, jam these songs out and we'll listen to them. And we had rehearsed before we went to the studio, but you know, let's jam in and listen to them. Um, and, then, and then you have this process because I, I put so much into writing and then you have Cameron go, this sucks. Let's rewrite it. Let's change it <laughs> com- completely. And you're like, fuck. And, like, you get defensive. And I yeah. realize it's, like, it's kind of, like, a grieving process because you don't want to let go of the song that you created. But it's got to turn into a different song. And it's really hard to adapt to that. So, I, but I knew going into it, I like, the approach I wanted to take was, like, look, I'm hiring this guy. This guy fucking produces Motorhead. And, like, some of my favorite bands. Like, he, he did... The reason we picked him is because he had done like the last few Bayside records, the last few Alkaline Trio records, and they sounded incredible. And I'm like, this is of course I want to work with this guy. So you you got to have faith in that and be like, well, I'm hiring him. I'd be stupid. Ultimately, I can tell him no, I want it like this. But like, you know, you're hiring somebody for that experience. It's like you're foolish not to listen. Um, So you have to kind of listen to that and take that in. But at the same time you also like if you don't stand up for what you were trying to achieve in the song and don't believe in that then what are you even doing right Mm -hmm. so it it was walking that fine line with him where it's like i'm gonna listen to what he says but i'm not just gonna go like okay cameron whatever you say let's do it it's like if i disagree we would argue until and he won pretty much (laughs) like let's 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 be honest like he won almost every single argument with me but i would I would make him prove it to me the same way he was forcing me to prove it to him. You sure, know, that's 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 what he would do. Is like, it's like at the end of the day, I can just hit record. I don't care. But you know, he'd say he'd kind of he'd kind of say shit and just be like, "Look, if you want it to be lame, that's fine. I just want it to be cool." And then you go,
0: "Fuck, oh, <laughs> damn it." I love all that. right,
1: <laughs> all right he's he's non-confrontational you know it was never like an argument argument. sure it's just like look man I'm just trying to make cool
0: records it's like fuck, all right let's do it so we had one more question from um, and we've talked about this a little bit on um, uh, a a little bit before already but uh, from Matt Chapin best advice for a band just starting to grow legs and wanting to tour more Um, how would you what advice would you give to someone who's really just starting out on trying to hit the road
1: the road man like god I wish I had good advice for you I I wish I knew the answer to that because sometimes I feel like that's us you know what I mean like no matter what you always feel like oh I'm just kind of starting out and hitting the road um I I I Nothing more than just do it. Like you have to get you have to get out there. I I think some of the most valuable thing you can do is make connections. And you know if you're go if you're going to different cities or 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 going to different places, you're meeting bands, you're meeting people in bands, and you're meeting promoters and you're meeting just contacts. And those things end up like they end up coming back to you eventually. Like it's it's really hard to just we we all like to think we could go out and on the merits of our own music and our just incredible talent and ability just wow people and and people come to our shows but it's just you know people have short memories and they and you got to got to kind of stay in in front of them and and main, main, maintain those kind of relationships and, and those relationships are what ends up you know that's how any, anything that we've developed has been just kind of from relationships with other bands that we've cultivated and people that we've met and, and along the way, it's, it's, it's very much a community. At least I can speak in punk rock. Uh, it's very much a community and there's, it's a small community, you know, and you just, you, you, you start, if you're, if you're a good hang, you know what I mean? Right, like right. Like people like having you around and you support, like things start coming your way. So that's, that's the, be- that's, that's kind of all I've got. That's that's what I've experienced. I wish I wish I had better advice. I just no. you know, I'm still I'm still trying to figure it out myself. You know.
0: <laughs> totally, man. Totally. I mean, I think um, I I agree with you about the connection part. You know, um, I for <clears throat> for my business that I used to run, I I was an independent recruiter. Um, so I would help people. You know, I was a middleman between people that were looking for jobs and people who wanted to hire people. Um, you know, and I would I would essentially get paid for either connecting a, a company with a person or or a person with a company, and uh, it was all about just making connections, getting to know people, being kind, being you know, being a cool person to be around, being fun, and and um, trying to be helpful where you can. And um, you know, I've definitely applied that same ethos to the punk rock world. I mean, there's bands here, St. Louis. I have heard people from out of town. I, St. Louis is not hard for local bands to book, but if you're from out of town, everyone has told me that it is so hard to get booked here. And so-
1: Weird.
0: Yeah, yeah, so me being a person who knows a lot of the, I know all the venues, like, yes. you know, all the, all the venues that, you know, you need a 100-cap room, like, you know, we've got three of them here, and, and, and yeah. like, I can, I can eat, you know, I've played all of them, I've booked shows at all of them for other bands, so a lot of times if, if a band needs a show here and they reach out to me, like, I'll be like, Hey, let me hit up Matt at the sinkhole. Like, you know, yeah. we have a good really. I've helped him out. Like we've done a bunch of shows there. Like usually that's a way to like help them. And then when I need a show in their town or, um, you know, or what, vice versa, it's like, um, I have had bands that, and this happens to me a lot is I don't want to overplay my hometown so i'll help a band get booked my band not might, might not be able to play <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah. but i can at least point you in the right direction and um you know same thing for like uh chicago i mean a, a, yeah. a band um that i got helped get booked here um when i needed a show in chicago they gave me they set me up with a couple of promoters and uh, by the end of the day like we had a hold on a venue and um, I've, I've heard Chicago can be pretty tough sometimes too. So like now, you know, it's one of those things, kind of what you're saying is now that you kind of get into the, the, uh, rotation of, oh, well, I know these, these promoters in Chicago now, it's not that difficult to get it, Once you're in, you're in is kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah,
1: and, and that's DIY. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, that's, that's how you do it. Um, you know the other thing I would say is, is when you're getting out there and you're playing, especially if you're lucky enough to to connect with bigger bands or better bands or, or even if you're just going to see them it's like just you, you learn so much just by watching what other people are doing um, and, and seeing what works and it's like why do these bands you know a band that's, that's having success, why do they have success and you go, you go watch them and you're like well man they, they, this, it, it's in their performance or it's in their music or what they do and, and, and you just kind of learn like, Oh, like this is this is what you know, this is what contributes to their success. That's how they play. Absolutely. I, I, I always love like, we're lucky enough. Like we did these festivals in Europe, at Brack Rock and Punk Rock Holiday and, and going and watching some of some of these bands that I'm friends with and you and 'em you're just like fuck these guys are good and I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch everything they do and steal what I can steal or or or, or see what they're doing better than I'm doing or my band's doing and bring that back and, and, and try to make improvements based on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, I'm I I love that about going to shows. I'm a big, um, you know, lifelong student of punk rock as well, and I think um, a big thing. One of the one of my favorite bands of all time is MXPX, and uh-huh. um, I think you know from the first time I saw them to even just now. Um, You know, I'm still doing things that I've seen them do on stage. I'm still jumping around and like, you know, kind of emulating their stage presence and everything. And, um, I don't, I don't think I'll ever stop. (laughs) Dude, they're just so good and they get better too.
1: We, we did a, a a short run with them back in 2012. We actually played at the, uh, the Ready Room, right?
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Before it closed, right? Uh, downtown. Was that the place? The Um, Firebird The Firebird. The The Firebird. Firebird, Yeah. Yeah, I uh, played at the
0: Firebird a few times, and we we played a show with MXPX at the Firebird. It that's awesome! It was rad. It was yeah, so fun. That's sick, dude. Well, Tony, thank you so much for for joining me, man. I won't um I, I, if you don't mind, I, I would I wouldn't mind chatting with you just for a few minutes, like off the record. Um, yes, yeah, sure. If you're if you're cool with that, but um, where, But before we before I stop hitting record, um, who do you uh How how can people find you guys online?
1: Oh, yeah. You know, Instagram. Um, let, me, let me make sure. I yeah, you, versus the on
0: world Instagram. music on Instagram. Yeah, versus the
1: world music on Instagram. We're on Facebook uh, as well. We're on threads, even though I don't really know how to use that yet.
0: You guys do a pretty good job on sure. on Instagram. You keep the content coming.
1: With, yeah, we do a lot on Instagram. I, I, that's all me. Um, in that, like, I started really. I was like, okay, how do we look professional, right? Like, that's that's the secret. Is like, we're we're totally unprofessional. We're just a bunch of guys. But like, okay, I gotta look like we're professional. So <laughs> I just started again. Started watching what other people do. But I got really on tour. I, I would spend about an hour a day in the van, you know, uh, working on putting these Instagram reels together uh just to have some some good content. People were like, "Oh man, your Instagram's good." I was like, "Thanks, dude." It's just uh, <laughs> been working on that pretty hard. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely, man. No, I I think reel, reels are where it's at and um, you know, everybody likes to hear a little bit like I mean, I do anyway. Remember like back in the day you would see I remember I had an MXPX video actually that was like um a little like behind the scenes and had interviews and had just like kind of like a lot of B-roll clips of them hanging out and um, I think people like that stuff, man. I still do. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I know a lot of people like that. And, and Donald always says, like, it's cool to see bands, like, hang out. Because, like, you like to think that all your favorite bands are, like, are all friends. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not always the case, but it's nice when it is. Like, when, like, when like a band, like, will just get together and hang out outside of that. And and Donald really kind of prides himself on that and thinks it's cool because we, we really are just just friends at the end of the day. Like it's the most important thing for us. So yeah, I I totally agree with you. Like, I think people really appreciate Like, Oh, these guys actually like each other.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh dude. I, I love that. And yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate enough that like, um, you know, we don't always have the same group of people that like, well, for the most part, it's been my, myself and our bass player, Jacob, who is my best friend of 22 years. Um, and then Steven, our guitar player, um this year the three of us have went we've had different drummers uh but the three of us have been on on every tour you know even if it's just for a couple of days for the last year and a half so we've all become like really close and know everybody's like the things that annoy us about each other but also the things that we love about each other you know what i mean like yeah um so I, i love that um well dude cool thank you very much for for joining i i will um i'll try to get this up here within the next couple of days
1: Cool man, thanks for having me.